No, no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Hello, yes, welcome back to the 40 Yard Switch. As always, you're joined by your ever dependable hosts, Jasper Woody Woodson and Wilbur Kudelux. Hello, Matt, how are you? Good, good. It's good to be back on the couch. Yes, we are back on the couch, taking a, a little brief vacation from the stew while Gus studies. Um, and yeah, so let's just kick things off with. Not too much to talk about this week, but there is some fairly big stuff. The Champions League and Europa League semifinals, uh, quarterfinals, sorry, are done and dusted, and the semifinals are now booked. So we'll start there. Um, we'll start with, I guess, the most. Oh, no, we'll, we'll get on, even though the Europa League is, is very fresh in the mind because it just happened this morning, we'll get on to that in just a sec. We'll start, we'll kick, we'll kick things off with the bigger tournament, which is the Champions League. And so I guess City. Beating Bayern, we'll kick off there. I mean, the game was already pretty much over before mm. this second leg started, but a one-all draw in the end um, seemed like a bit of a nothing game. I think I think over the course of the time, I mean, I think before I predicted that, I th- predicted that Bayern would win, didn't yeah. I? Yeah. Uh, I think after watching, you know... Uh, yeah, be honest. I've watched extended highlights of both games, <laughs> but I think it's it it is kind of clear. I mean, it was kind of clear after the first leg, but even today, Bayern weren't that convincing. And I reckon there is a bit of, uh, at least at this point in time, there's a bit of a gulf in quality between them. Yeah, not huge, but City were the better team and deserved to go through. Um, no, and, did, and I suppose didn't let the occasion get to them at all. Um, they were just pretty dominant in the first leg and. Same today, yeah. I, I 100% agree. I think, I think, I think for me though, what's panned out over the course of the two legs, the true tale, or one of no, not the true tale, but one of the the big, you know, uh, headlines of the, across the two legs is just the performance of Dao from Meccano. Yeah, like just not anywhere near the level of a defender playing in a Champions League quarterfinal. Mm. against the likes of Haaland and the rest of City's attack. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, just just, just like made like multiple mistakes in the second half of the first leg, which was, I think two of them resulted in City goals. Then in the one goal they scored, this almost gets himself sent off, lucky because of an offside call to not get sent off in the second leg. And then, yes, he slips, but still, he's slipping, he's slipping because he's recovering from being out of position. Mm. And it also just visually looks terrible when that happens to a center. We all saw what it did to Jerome Boateng's career when Messi did, did it to him. So Yeah, um, it, it definitely didn't look great. I mean, his positioning's slightly off, but he just seemed a bit like frantic for rattled. most of the game. Yeah, yeah. seemed um, very rattled. But yeah, I agree. It's a clear golf in class. But I, and we were talking about how Bayern have just as much of a bench as City do. Mm. And I, like... Yeah, and like just as much quality on the pitch, but it didn't. It didn't really seem like it, to be honest. So yeah, um, I suppose it's not really a talking point, but Haaland missing a penalty just um, proves that he's human, you know. Yeah, but <laughs> then I mean to go. I mean they they hit them fast on the break for for the goal that he does eventually score, but I mean what he does in the build up is I don't know 
like pretty impressive. Yeah. Like just beats, I think he beats a lit to the ball for the header to knock it down to De Bruyne and then makes a perfect run. Um, and like, it's good feet to get, even though Upamecano slips, like he still oh, yeah. puts a challenge in as he tries to go past him from the ground. And, and he, he just knocks walk, it over him. Whilst he's past him. Yeah. Um, so yeah. He's human, but not uh, not really. Not really, yeah. <laughs> uh, next, we've got a game that like pretty much anyone could have predicted happening. Oh, Wait, did did the Sadio Mane and Sane thing happen after the first leg? Yeah, I think so. True. Yeah. True. Because it was like Mane came off the bench and it didn't do much. And then Sane apparently said like something about how terrible his performance was in a bit of... A, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was some fruity language. Yeah. And yeah, Mane punched him in the face. Mm. <laughs> Well, and I, was, I suppose it's all like done and dusted now. For, it seems to be from Bayern's perspective, but yeah, I've I mean, heard bo- rumors that they want to get rid of. Uh, they, I mean, they yeah. both they both played in the second leg, so oh, they did. And I think Mane came on for Sane in the second mm-hmm. leg, true, which is interesting. But yeah, yeah I've, I, I've heard rumors too that they're ready to sack off Mane one season into his contract after at the, at this year at the end of this season. Yeah, which is I weird. That'd be it'd be stupid. I've heard lots of people being like, oh, he's a shadow of his former self. Rah rah rah. Like, he's still, like, world-class and, like... Yeah. Just needs... Maybe he just needs a bit of time to settle into it. No, I agree. I agree. But, again, he is also 31, so you never know. But... And we're not really watching enough Bundesliga to to know. But I, 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 I would... I would err on the side of, I think... I think he's got plenty of high-quality football left in his... But, but I, anyway, we digress. Um, next on was the game which everyone predicted the result once, especially once Chelsea sacked Tuchel, and that was Real Madrid uh, comfortably, even though Chelsea did put out a better showing for bits of the second leg, um, uh, Real Madrid, yeah, comfortable 2-0 winners in the end and 4-0 winners on the night. The two goals they scored in the second half just like showcasing the golfing class, just basically just walking through the Chelsea defence. Um, I mean, it's just really like Chelsea are just a, a team with just so, so devoid of any like vision or personality or substance right now that like, it, it, like yeah, it was just it was only ever going to end one way. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. The last six games, what happens? I mean, they're they're not quite in the relegation scrap, but I mean, they're also not like that far off the bottom half of the table. I mean, yeah, in the but also it's just like. They've got the fact that's, that's, it's almost worse. Like they've got nothing to play for, so like that club's just going to be so soulless. Yeah. Maybe not soulless, but like the fans aren't going to give a shit. The players aren't going to give a shit mm. for the rest of the season. It's going to make a really like bad environment to be in for the remainder of the season, and then even got, leading into the off season. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I think if they can get past these last six games without like too much you know nothing like terrible happening like getting into a relegation I don't know if it's even possible of them getting into relegation it, it is mathematically it is yeah. yeah but it'd, be, well, it'd, it'd take some doing yeah um, I mean that's not an overly likely possibility but you know if they obviously avoid that I think you know they can build into next season um, like they're obviously going to get a better manager Frank's definitely not going to stay given how he's gone in the first few games yeah um and I assume they're going to spend more money. Like, they'll spend more money. In- That's the thing. Like, it's like... <sighs> is that the answer? Yeah. Is it like You spend more money, yeah, but you've also got to cull so many players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's so much dead wood there now from 
teams that before the like from from so much Dead Wood from teams before Bowley and Co came in, and even Dead Wood from players that Bowley and stuff have spent on, yeah. like 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 they've missed on a bunch of those transfers. Like, I, I guess you could say it's too early to call on some of them, but like realistically, I'd I'd say about at least a third of the players they've brought in for the six hundred million they've spent in these first two seasons aren't going to be around for much longer. Mm. Like you know, look at names the, like the way... Madueke and and yeah. you know um, Badiashil like. Badia Shield has been playing, but as 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 anything that he's done really shown that he's going to be at the level, like yeah. My my feeling is that they did bring in good players, and it maybe it hasn't worked yet. But I do feel like if maybe a better coach comes in, you know, maybe there's the opportunity for them to get more out of that that True. group because it's a it's a talented group of players. It is, yeah. Like I don't think it's. But they have I don't to... think they're, they're definitely not as bad as, you know, I, I think it would take oh, yeah. a, f- a few sort of tinkers to get them back up to, you know, back into Champions League. But, but yeah, something definitely has to change. Um, I think, yeah, I think more so than the new, the new guys, I think definitely the old regime players have to, have to go. Like yeah. Callum Hudson-Odoi's, your Conor Gallagher's, your Hakim Ziyech's, your uh, Ruben Loftus cheeks Yeah. You know, all of them need to go. Yeah. They're just... Mason Mount, even I think he's done his time at Chelsea. Mm. Talk of him going, talk of talk of Liverpool being in for him. That would be wild if he left. Did you hear what Didier Jogba came out saying? No, what did he say? Wait, um, let me just find it quickly. But yeah, but, I think. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I just while you're looking for that, I think there's not much to be said about Madrid other than the fact that they are just like you know just their usual imperious self in the Champions League, but like. You know they were always going to have a pretty easy against that Chelsea team. Yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, still, you know, saw off that early effort from Chelsea and Stamford Bridge in the yeah. second look. He said, um, oh, "Fuck, where is it? Oh, well, I don't recognise my club. It's no longer the same club. There is a new owner and a new vision. Of course, we try to compare it with what happened during the Abramovich era, where a lot of players were brought in, but the decisions were very intelligent." Um, Where's the rest of it? Can you remember the gist of what he said? If you can't find it, <laughs> bringing in players like Peter Cech and Sevchenko, it was done to win titles. Their players with a certain experience. The strategy is now different. We bet on young players, but a dressing room of over thirty players is difficult to manage. They lack charismatic leaders. True. Um, you need players that take on the game that assume the responsibilities. You need a player that brings a lot of madness into the stadium. He basically went in on Todd Bowley's yeah. like what, what mean, he's done, and he's and, got a point. And it, yeah, everything he's saying is true. Like I'm all for projects, but like Chelsea have been and always like, are and have always been since Abramovich took over, or like a win now club. Yeah. So you've got to balance the long term project for future success with challenging for current success mm, yeah. and like, like I'm sure that all the players like you said they've invested in Enzo Fernandez, Michaelo Mudrik um, even players that I've just mentioned to, who like are young and may not be at the level now but who they could be Badi Yashio, Madueke um, who else have they bought? Lots of other people yeah. um, uh, I, they'll be good down the line but like who's gonna win them a, who's gonna like you know who's a big name that they can get that's gonna like you know, 
push them to challenge back for top four again next season because like top four is going to be a very hard prospect next season. Mm. Like 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 if you look at it now, United one hundred percent will be better next season because Ten Hag will have another will have a full transfer window to get done what he wants to get done. Yeah, um, Newcastle will get even better. Arsenal and uh, Liverpool will be bouncing back. I'm sure of that. Uh, Arsenal and City, I'm pretty sure will stay where they are because they've managed very well. Uh, and then you've got to think that Tottenham, like they're a bit down right now, but they're like, like there's a pick of ma- good managers out there and they've, they've got a decent squad. They will be, they'll be another team that's pushing for it. So that's six teams already. Then you've got to counter it, factor in Brighton. They'll, they're, they're on the cusp. Like Chelsea are going to have a very hard time getting back into this top four if they don't like, like figure it out, figure it out yeah. and quickly. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think the the Drogba comments just like, I don't recognize my club is just like, I don't know, sold in the wound sort of thing. Like, yeah. yeah. Especially when um, it's a club but, legend that's, it's like, it's like Thierry Henry said that about us. Yeah, exactly. And I think they have lost their identity a bit. And if they don't figure out, if Todd Bowley doesn't figure out how to fix it soon. Yeah. Yeah. Like and you it, say, there's the, the Premier League is so competitive um, and it can change very quickly. It can change for the better, for sure, because they do have a group of players. But if they don't fix it, then it can yeah, yeah. get bad quickly. And like, yeah, I'm going to quote Rio Ferdinand here, which is unusual because I don't really think he's a very good pundit. But <laughs> um, he said, how can you spend 600 plus whatever million in two windows and not bring in like a recognized number nine striker? Mm. Yeah. Like that is glaring to me. Like, like even Joao Felix isn't, a, isn't like an out, out number nine. He's no. like across the front three, yeah, inside but like, forward. But like, like he's 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 a striker, but like he's a flexible striker. Like he's not like a number nine. You know what I mean? Like look at Arsenal. Like I guess you could say Arsenal are a bit flexible with that because they got Gabby Jesus. But like he's best at number nine. Then you look at Liverpool again, flexible, but like their play style fits it. They got yeah, but they got Nunez. He's and they the, got Nunez. Yeah, he's the guy. and Firmino. Then you look at um, City, obviously. Uh, then you look at Newcastle. They've got two brilliant number nines. Yeah. And you look at Man United. That's where an area they've struggled with this year. Yeah. Like, like between, Marsh- back between Martial and Vekos, they've struggled with it. Yeah. And then and then oh then Tottenham, obviously Harry Kane. So then you look at Chelsea. It's like they've been playing with Kai Havertz or Joao Felix up top all season, and like. Kai Havertz, I think Kai Havertz, there's more to unlock from him. I think he hasn't shown his best foot forward, but he has been disappointing. But I think he's be getting made to be a little bit of a scapegoat because he's like they're just asking, they're just chucking him up up front every game and just being like, do something. And it's not he's he's not a striker. Yeah, my f- my feeling is with Kai Havertz, he's been, he has had enough time, he's and, had he, enough. and he had, and I reckon I don't reckon he's really been up. I mean, he scored the goal, the winning goal in the Champions League finals. So, but like. Um, I don't, no, I, sorry, I, I, I'm not. I don't. I don't think I was saying like he's. Yeah, he needs more time. I just, yeah. I just think he's been used wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, it's interesting that they haven't brought in a number nine. There was obviously a lot spoken about the number nine curse at Chelsea, and they do still have Lukaku on the books, I suppose. Yeah, but but as I don't see a vision. I don't see a plan where he comes back. Yeah, it would be surprising. Yeah. For sure. But yeah. But yeah. Anyway, let's move on with more Champions League stuff. Uh, Chelsea, are, Chelsea are just a shambles at the moment, and we've, 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 we'll be talk about it a few more times over the course of the next few months. But next uh, was two surprising results that neither of me or you called. 
which was uh, the two uh, Milan clubs winning their respective ties. Uh, Inter beating Benfica quite comfortably in the end, mm. um, which was a surprise. Uh, in the first leg at, at Benfica's home, they seemed to just sort of nullify them um, defensively, sort of just take them out of the game a bit. Um, and then in the, se- in the second leg, when Benfica were chasing the game, it, it just opened up for them and they... And they scored, I think they won the second leg 3-1 or something like that. And they won comfortably. Mm. Oh, no, the second leg was... 3-2, maybe. 3-0. 3-0. 3-0. Yeah. Okay, so it was... It, they, they scored two goals in the last Yeah, yeah, minutes. yeah. Actually, I do remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Benfica made, made a fist it's, it's of it. It's still a comfortable winner. Made a fist of it. But yeah, the 2-0 lead was always going to be hard. But then, yeah, I guess something that we sort of maybe alluded to and we saw that AC Milan beat Napoli 4-0 in the league a week prior to their Champions League ties Uh, AC Milan sort of putting it to the what's what's the term when they're like about champions elect of the city are in Napoli Um, and yeah beating them yeah, I think we spoke about how, like, we did mention the fact that they won, and then we're like, well, you know, what would the effect be there? But yeah, the, I mean, they did the job in the end. It was pretty close. So, what, 1 0 in the first leg and 1 all in the second leg. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think Rafael Leal was the, was the talk of both legs for me, uh, mm. especially his goal in the second leg where he, or not his goal, but Giroud's goal where he, like, picks the ball up from, like, inside his own half, runs past, like, three players, and then cuts it to Giroud. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, yeah. I think he, he he's. Definitely, I mean, I see this is not a hot take or anything, but like it's everyone around the world saying it, but he's one to watch. I think he's only like 22. He's yeah. very skillful, very fast. Just needs a little bit more end product, but you can say that about lots of young talents. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, that sets up a uh, all Milan final, uh, semi-final, a Milanese derby. Which is awesome. Yeah. That's great. Both both legs at the, both legs at the San Siro. Can you imagine it? Um, yeah, that, that's going to be awesome. I feel like, yeah, I, I really have no clue. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the first time that. this has happened since 2000, in 15 years. I think 2008 was the last, I mean, that's the year that uh, Milan won the Champions League, that there, there's been a semi-final between these two teams. Yeah. And I feel like it's almost been as long, I mean, obviously Inter have won it more recently. 2010, um, yeah. Yeah. But it's been a while since, you know... Um, you've had these two Italian clubs this late in in the Champions League. So. Yeah, it's been a long time. Mm. It's been a long time since they've even been somewhat relevant in European football. Yeah, like, uh, but yeah, I think I think the last I was looking, I saw a thing today. It was like the last time these two teams played in the Champions League. It was like AC Milan had that crazy team where it's like Cafu, Stam, Nesta, Maldini, Sadov, Kaká, Shevchenko, yeah. like, fucked, ridiculous. <laughs> No, yeah, now they've got Raphael Leal. <laughs> yeah, and Olivier Giroud. <laughs> Who is class. He is class, Olivier and uh, Roberto Romano just said he's uh, been extended for another year. True. Deserved. Um, and yeah, obviously the other... So, I mean, we'll probably preview this in a few weeks. These in a few weeks. Yeah. But yeah, the other one's obviously huge as well. Yeah, two cracking games. And now that I've seen how like the Milan and Inter can actually play a bit better than they did in their round of 16 games... Mm. I'm a little bit more excited for either of them to make the final against yeah. a Madrid or a Man City. Yeah, but, but it seems mid- like the winner of the uh, uh, the Madrid-Man City tie has a pretty good chance yeah. of going on to win the Champions Yeah, uh, like they'd be favourites for sure. Mm. Yeah. But yes, some cracking games that we'll talk about closer to the date as they're scheduled for mid-early May, I'm pretty sure. 
Uh, but yes, let's talk about the crazy time in the Europa League this morning, starting with Manchester United. Uh, so yes, uh, in their Europa League, in their Europa League, I'm, I'm not sure. I think it was a combination of in their Europa League first leg and then in their Premier League game on the weekend, they suffered a multitude of injuries across those, which meant that. And, and suspensions or something which meant that there was no Lissandro Martinez no Rafael Varane no Luke Shaw and no Marcus Rashford yeah um, and yeah boy <laughs> did that come back to haunt them mm. uh, the old foes of Harry Maguire and uh, David De Gea's lower half not his upper half um, really terrible really really terrible yeah I mean talk about the, the obviously the first one first De Gea passing it to Maguire um, and him just absolutely shitting the bed with that pass. Like, yeah. it's never on. There's not many places he can go apart from take it on a turn. Yeah. And he's never going to do that. No. So, I think, like you mentioned off air, potentially De Gea shouldn't pass it to him. But we also know that De Gea doesn't have that much awareness when playing out from the back. No. So. And, like, he, and like De Gea's been programmed in... like programmed from someone who doesn't like to play out from the back into someone who has been probably forced through training after training after training to pass out from out yeah. the back to a player like Lissandro Martinez. So then it's, he's that's in his now now in his programming. So then he sees Harry Maguire, his captain, calling for the ball. Yeah. And he doesn't have the wherewithal. I mean, but also you should be able to trust your cap. But also, yeah, you should know he hasn't got it. In. It's, a, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It's a hard one. But I, yeah... I think the fault for that one is really Harry Maguire. Yeah. I don't think you can blame De Gea that much for that one. Like, yeah, Harry Maguire... There's a way out of it. You could just turn. Yeah. Like, there's no one behind you. Yeah. Um, but Harry Maguire calls for the ball and then fucks the pass up. Like, that. that's on you, son. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, that's terrible. <laughs> and then the De Gea one... So, the, this, the second goal, the sort of shoulder from the corner... It's a bit um, of a freak that, one, that, yeah. That loops over him. bit I of a mean, freak goal. Yeah. That can happen. The last one looks like he's never played football before. Yeah. The way that he tries to <laughs> control it, he tries to stamp on a ball that's come from like way up in the yeah. air. Yeah, uh, um, that's Jesus. terrible. Uh, so I think I don't know. It's just become a very clear over the course of the season. It's become a very clear um, equation where if you've got those two in the side playing out from the back, it um, doesn't work. You. You get punished time and time again. Like, it, it had... Actually, did Maguire play in the Brentford game? On the weekend? No, the first one where they lost 4-1. Yeah, because like, like the first goal is like shades of when they copped that first or second goal against Brentford. Yeah. And like, he like passed... And like, him or Ericsson... He passes to Eric... De Gea passed to Ericsson who fucks it. And, the, and this time De Gea was passing to Maguire who fucks it. It's just like... Yeah, I remember there was that analysis video that we watched yeah. of it. Yeah. But it reminded me of that. Same. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and now I suppose they've got Ten Hag and the the powers that be United have got some like pretty tough decisions to make because I mean Ten Hag is going to play the way that he wants to play. Yeah, and, and so he should. And like Harry play, Maguire. The, yeah, sorry. Yeah. And Harry Maguire and De Gea don't don't fit that. Yeah, and, and they're like, going to keep on making mistakes. Ten Hag clearly is is the fixer to United's problems. Like, like that, if if anything is evident from this season. Is that Ten Hag is the guy for Man United, mm. but he needs the players to play the play style he wants to play, and United will win games. That's, yeah. that's evident. 
and those two are, 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 and like De Gea is a club legend for United I respect that but he's a club legend at United in a time where they have been the least successful they have been in 30 years mm. and he and is that's, now and that's not on De Gea it's not on him but yeah. it's but he but like, but like it's not like if it's not like you're looking back at the hair and being like I think he's won maybe one Premier League and a Europa League I think that's it and maybe a couple of like a League Cup or FA Cup yeah he might have been involved involved in a few is it one Premier League I'm pretty sure it's one yeah okay. um it sure. might have been two but I'm pretty sure it's one um in the League Cup this year yeah so like he's won a few trophies here and there but like by and by as the years have gone on especially of the past five he's had. Some times where his his saves have kept United in it, but these days he is more of a hindrance than a help mm. to United. And I think everyone always cries about, oh, but he's shot stopping. He's an incredible. Like there are so many good keepers out there at the moment who can make the saves that he makes. Maybe not every single one, but like ninety five percent of the saves that he can make, and that keepers that won't. Like modern day keepers that won't cost United goals and points with their legs. Yeah, and like. Like, De Gea costs United more points with his legs than he saves with, than than, than saves he makes that another keeper couldn't make. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I th- I think it's I think it's sad, but it's a very clear decision for Ten Hag. At, like, it's a business decision. At the end of the day, like it's either Ten Hag or like you know that it seems a bit, I don't know over the top or whatever but I think it is it's Ten Hag or, or De Gea because you yeah. need a, a, a keeper that plays out from the back and for sure his shot stopping is is world class but it's not like it's almost not the most important thing anymore yeah um, and you know Joe I mean this is a, like not very like this is like apples and oranges but Joe Hart leaving City when, when Pep Guardiola came on it's yeah. a similar thing like he was a good shot stopper and had been around the club when it was kind of like you know going like on the up yeah but yeah and Pep even brought work he just has to yeah Pep brought in a keeper in Claudio Bravo who was a worse shot stopper but better with his feet just for the sake of proving his like putting his stamp on the team yeah and it it didn't work for that one season Claudio Bravo had a bit of a mare and they finished third but then from then on yeah it's worked now they've got Edison yeah yeah but I I just I just do hope that however if he does if he is leaving if he does leave, that it's done in a good way. You know who I think United could go for? <laughs> Jordan Pickford. Jordan Pickford. Literally, no, nah, literally, dude. He's good with his feet, and he's a great shot stopper. He's not that good with his feet. He's he's pretty good with his feet. True. <laughs> I suspect they'll go for someone. Probably, but like uh, maybe maybe we if Jordan would Pickford... get lots of money for him. Yeah, we would get lots of money. He's yeah. just signed a new. Oh contract. yeah, he has to sign a new contract, hasn't he? Yeah, and I mean. he's. English. That's my thing because he's English. Like it's because it, like you, every team needs a, qu- a quota of homegrown players. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they wouldn't go. I don't know. I feel like they wouldn't go for yeah, food. Maybe not. But like whatever they do, they will go for a, a younger profile keeper who's good with his feet because almost every keeper is pretty good at shot stopping these days. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Maguire, I mean, Maguire's a much easier equation. Like, yes, they're not going to get anywhere near the return of money they spent on him. Um, and yes, it'd be hard to find a team that will pay the wages that um, they pay Harry Maguire, but they've just got to get him off the books. Like, he like he can't be a backup, even. Like, because he, he's a detriment when he, when he comes on the pitch. Mm. There's been, like, two games this season where they haven't, like, where he hasn't made an error that went to a goal. Yeah. 
And it feels like a little bit this year it's been given a chance sort of thing. Yeah. And because the owner, we've spoken about it before, like you can't just get rid of someone you spent that much money on. But I think Ten Hag's been like more than fair. He gave him time out of the squad, I suppose, to work on it. He's come back in. Every time he's come back in, he's been terrible. And yeah, just also a little bit sad. But. Yeah. <laughs> I do feel for the guy, but like it's just... And like maybe a change... Fit, yeah. Maybe a change of scenery will do him good, but like not a change of scenery in a team trying to play the way United does. Yeah, he can't play that way. Yeah, he's he's not going to be able to. Like play he came he came to success at Leicester, not being a ball playing centre back. He came to success at Leicester because he was big and he dominated the box. Exactly, and that is. Take him at. I'd take him at Everton. Yeah, and yeah, probably <laughs> Sean Dyche. He's probably he's a Sean Dyche type player. He is. He is. Um. But yes, uh, if we stay up. But yeah. Uh, anyway, so United uh, bow out of the Champions League, losing three 0 to Sevilla, five two on aggregate, um, and Sevilla will face uh, Juventus, who beat narrowly beat Sporting, showing that Sporting actually would like worth their you know result against Arsenal because they definitely looked decent, um, and um, yeah, pushed Juventus all the way, but Juventus just about got there. Uh, and then the other semi-final will be Leverkusen versus Roma. Leverkusen um, uh, proving us wrong uh, by really putting Union Sanguiluas to the sword in the second leg after a cagey first leg. But like a first leg, they probably should have been more ahead because they had more chances. Just very poor finishing. And then in the second leg, they had some slightly better finishing and put it away. And then, yeah, Jose Mourinho pulling out an extra time masterclass. Yes. Roma against Feyenoord coming back from 1-0 down in the first leg to win 3-2 on aggregate in the end no they won 4-2 4-2 4-2 yeah because they scored two goals in oh yes two in extra time in extra yeah. time so yeah sets yeah. up some uh, interesting va- vaguely interesting no I find I think they are interesting like they're slightly you know they're they're B tier names in European football but they're still big names yeah it is the Europa yeah yeah Juventus versus Sevilla um, wait Juventus is an A tier name yeah. but like not recent not in the last five years they haven't been yeah. really but uh, they are an A tier name um, apparently they've just uh, had their 15 point reduction revoked so they're not gonna like they, they, they didn't get that 15 point uh, okay. Reduction for I don't even know what they did, but um, that, that apparently they're not getting that reduction, so they're fine. They now sit third in City R. And then yeah, Roma, another history club against Leverkusen, uh, an up and coming team in the Bundesliga with lots of lots of fun young players to watch. Wurtz, Diaby, um, the, the pick of the bunch there. Um, yeah, no, yeah. The, the, they are they are interesting semis. Um, then we'll, we'll we'll preview them. I can't wait to watch the extended highlights of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it's at. Um, yeah, we're busy guys, you know. For those listening, we can't watch ninety minutes of every single football game that's out there. But I will be watching ninety minutes of both legs of the Man City Bayern game. You best believe. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, moving on to a brief bit of Premier League stuff before we uh, call it a day. Uh, the 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 one. Story we want to, we want to talk about in the Premier League uh, this week is the resurgence of Aston Villa under Unai Emery. So he took over on November 9th. Uh, he's played like 18 games since then, uh, won 38 points out of those 18 games. I'm pretty sure. I think that's possible. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, and is that right? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure I saw a graphic on Sky Sports. If you look at Sky Sports Instagram, it might show you. 
Impossible um, 54, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there has, has taken them from being in a relegation battle when he took over to now pushing for top four. I think they're currently sixth. Hmm. Um, and this is with pretty much the same squad that he inherited from Steven Gerrard, save for I think they picked up a left back in January. Yeah. But it's just a testament to what a great manager can do for what it was a good squad. We said at the start of the season, Villa had a good squad and then Gerard kind of ran it into the mud. Mm. And yeah. Emery's just showing that he is a class manager and he can do class things with a team like that. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're looking like they looked when Gerard f- first took over. Yeah. Uh, probably a bit better, like obviously a bit better. Um, but yeah, Ollie got- Watkins obviously in great form. Jacob Ramsey back like amongst it, who's like, well, like class. Um, yeah. Ollie Watkins with the second most goal involvements of any Premier League player after Haaland since the World Cup. Really? Yeah. True. Overtaken Rashford. Yeah, with his two yeah. goals on the weekend. Um, but yeah, I th- I, it's it's just kind of been weird. They've kind of flown under the radar for a while. And now, yeah, they've seemingly burst onto the scene, but they, yeah, they've been steadily climbing. Yeah. To be fair, they were like 11th or 10th until like two weeks ago. Mm. And now they're like 6th. Yeah, that quickly things can change. Yeah, but yeah, he's obviously done a great job, and I dislike them less. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> funny that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, like it's just a credit to, um, it's a credit to it's a credit to all the players for you know realizing their potential um, as like the quality of squad that they are, and it's also a credit to Uno Emery to, like to like get the best out of players that we once thought were good and then seemingly. At the start of the season, we're like, okay, like Tyrone Mings and Esri Consell, we were like, oh, maybe these guys aren't so good anymore. But now Tyrone Mings under Una Emery seems to be flourishing. Yeah. Um, that midfield of McGinn, uh, Jacob Ramsey, and one is it Bondia? Bondia, I think. I think. And then I think the sitting midfielder of Kamara. Yeah. It's a very yeah. good midfield. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Watkins up top. Um, yeah. Brilliant, and the, even the even the resurgence of Bertrand Traore off the bench, like he's come in and scored yeah. two crazy goals in the past two weeks with Leon Bailey being out. So yeah, yeah, I think it's been spoken about. Obviously, like Tyro Mings and Conso have looked better. Um, I still think they're. I mean, maybe they're all right for Villa, but they've still got a mistake in them. Yeah, yeah. but I think yeah, Buendia has been very good, re- or at least in the last couple of games that I've seen from them. Like yeah, so it seems like. Emery's getting the best out of him as well. Who was very good, obviously, for Norwich in the championship. Yeah. But has never really looked, I don't know, that good in the Premier League. He never impressed us under Gerrard, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I always like Arsenal dodged a bullet not signing him. Hmm. But maybe under Arteta, he would have been good if he's this good under Emery. But yeah. Still, I'm, I'm, I'm okay we got Odegaard instead. I mean, believe you me. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. Um, It'd be very interesting to see how they go towards the end of the season. Every team, like every team that they play for the rest of the season, should be worried to play them because they're 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 the most informed team outside of City right now. I ah maybe I mean and I guess they're probably equal on form with us after our last two results. But they're sorry, just quickly, their run in is Brentford, Fulham at home, United. Wolves and Tottenham at home. So they could take quite a few points from that. They realistically, considering the state that injuries and managerial situation have put Tottenham and United in. they could get maximum points from all of those games mm. realistically yeah and obviously you know in the context of that push potentially for European football beating uh, Newcastle the weekend is, is huge yeah um, 
So, yeah. Yeah, so capped off by... We didn't even mention that. Capped off. <laughs> Villa's resurgence has been capped off by their 3-0 victory over Newcastle. Oh, we not mention that yet. <laughs> at Villa Park on the weekend, which was an incredible performance. Uh, Ollie Watkins uh, looking incredible. Um, Newcastle under siege for like the whole game. And like to Eddie Howe's point, he said... We were never really at it today, so maybe it was an off day for Newcastle, but that was confounded, compounded by the fact that Villa were just on mm. from, from the first whistle. Yeah, and, you know, Newcastle having an off day isn't, like, exists in a vacuum. Like, Aston, Aston Villa brought the game to them and they didn't respond well. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, yes, speaking of Newcastle, we will round out this week's episode by previewing the one game of note this weekend, which is Newcastle versus Tottenham. At St. James's Park, a game with huge top four implications. Um, so Tottenham still in the driver's seat, seemingly, with top four. Uh, how? I don't really know, but they are. Um, despite, although they did just lose to... Like, they got lucky against Brighton and got, I, essentially, maybe footballing karma against Bournemouth. Um, and Newcastle were, were looking shit hot until they got their asses handed to them by Aston Villa on the weekend. So both teams in need of a, a, a bounce back. Which one do you see getting more of a bounce back? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, Tottenham have been playing well for weeks, I feel like. Yeah. And there's been zero manager bounce. Um, Newcastle had one off day against a very good Aston Villa. So I, I would think that it's far more likely that Newcastle bounce back. Yeah. I'd back at St. James's Park. I think it's, but it's more. I reckon the reason that I think that is because just watching Tottenham play recently, Tottenham away from home, especially as well. Yeah. How do how do you see it? Ah, uh, yeah, pretty similar. Um, if this was at Spurs Stadium, I'd I'd potentially think it might be closer. Although, didn't they just lose to? Oh no, they lost to Bournemouth at home. Uh, at Bournemouth's home, I'm pretty sure. Maybe I don't know. No, was it Tottenham? Oh, so, so, so there you go. I was thinking in the back of my head, it might have been at. Tottenham Stadium. So I know they just lost at home, but Tottenham at home generally this season, amongst all the drama that's been going on, have been pretty good there. <clears throat> but mm. it's not. It's at St. James's Park, uh, which has been somewhat of a fortress for Newcastle this season. Uh, I'm very worried for when Arsenal have to go there in a few weeks. Um, so yeah, I, and also like I trust Eddie Howe to get a response out of his players much more than I trust Christian Stellini to get a response out of his yeah. players. Yeah, I think we, we saw them talking about it um like, he hasn't really changed anything. Sorry, that's the, the match of the day crew talking about it. Like, Stellini hasn't really changed that much since coming into Tottenham. Yeah. Um, and it shows. Yeah, and like the defense situation with, you know, there was an injury to someone, so Davins and Sanchez was brought on, and then he was taken off for being that bad. So does then Davins and Sanchez start this game if there's still an injury to who? I can't remember who it was. I think it was Lengley. Yeah. Longley. So you got what? You got Romero, Dyer, and Sanchez. That is just a back four with an accident waiting to happen because Dyer, Dyer and Sanchez have a mistake in them almost every, once every game and then Romero is just reckless. Yeah. What, I mean, obviously, you, you don't rate Davis and Sanchez that highly, but what do you think of Stellini's decision to drag him after bringing him on? It's a bit rough. Yeah, I, I think I, so too. I, I don't think, think... I mean, it just, it just shows to me that he's... I don't know. I think it, it might have also manager. been because he was brought brought off for an attacker because they were chasing the game. Yeah, but at the same time, the score was two all at that point. I'm pretty sure, or was it two? No, it was two one to Bournemouth. Yeah. So, but yeah, I don't know. 
it, does, it doesn't leave a great taste in my mouth. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a scapegoat when the whole team's playing shit. Yeah, that's, and that's what they said on Match of the Day too. Like, mm. like, he's being made out, and yes, he was poor, but he's being made out to be this villain of Tottenham's, for Tottenham fans. Yeah. But in reality, the entire team wasn't up to it, really. Yeah. Even Kane was poor mm. um, against Bournemouth. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure Stellini in conversations with Davis and Sanchez would have mentioned the fact that, you know, it was, it was for an attacking substitution. Yeah, but it's still not great. It's not good management of players. Do they go with uh, Ben Davies at, at centre back like they have a couple times this season instead of playing him? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> well, w- would you? Yeah, I would. I think Ben Davies is, is is a solid player whenever he plays. Like he's not amazing, but he'll he'll give you like a six, seven out of ten performance every time. You stick him at the left side of a three, then you have Emerson Royale and Sessegnon or. Perisic or someone as the wing backs and I think that's a little bit more solid but even then I, I'd, I'd back you know, Newcastle with like no St. Maximum but Miguel Almiron came back is, is just has just come back um, okay. I think he came off the bench against Villa or the game before um, and they've still got Isak and Callum Wilson uh, yeah so I I, I, mm. I think they'll be okay yeah I mean, I feel like Stellini's got, you know, he's obviously got six games to sort of show something as a manager. So I hope that he does. I mean, I don't hope Tottenham play well. <laughs> but, you know, for his sake, I suppose, I hope that he can uh, make some changes that improve it. But it's not looking likely at this stage. Yeah, um, I'm seeing a 2-0 win for Newcastle. I'm going to say 2-1. I hope Newcastle starts strong. But then Harry Kane having one. Harry Kane will score. That's a fair shout. All right. Well, with that, uh, that'll be us for another week. Um, Oh, should we talk about Man City Arsenal? Or do you reckon we can get a podcast in before then? We'll get a podcast. Yeah, okay. We'll get, like, yeah, Man City Arsenal is next Thursday. So hopefully you'll hear from us before then. Uh, But as always, if you've liked what you've heard, and you're listening on Spotify, uh, follow us, give us a five star rating, all that jazz. Um, and follow us on Instagram, 40yardswitch.pod. We post a story every time we post an episode, so you never miss a thing. Uh, as always, he's been Wilbur, and I've been Woody. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next time.